On this episode of the Endless Owl Podcast, I speak with Tori Dresch, retail operations and strategy consultant. She's worked at Bonobos Air and now Jenny Kane. Hear what we have to say about New York, retail, COVID, and everything else. Enjoy. Hey, Tori, how's it going? Welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be talking to you this morning. Um, I have been working in retail for, you know, almost 10 years, so I'm really happy to be a part of this today. Yeah, and and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on. Uh, You have a ton of retail experience. We met almost two summers ago um, at the Lead Summit in Brooklyn. Yeah, and at the time you were with AIR. And you were running one of the pop-ups um, in in the kind of facility in the the conference hall that they had there in Brooklyn. Yeah, we were um, showcasing we to... at at the Lead right. Summit, which was pretty cool. Uh, we were approached by you know anyone from Afterpay to you know anyone who's doing digital fitting rooms, um, and we were kind of just curating like a small collection of of the brand at the time, which was really cool. So that was really fun to be a part of, and it was great to meet you there. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you've been in retail for, for 10 years. Um, can you give the listeners a bit of the background and journey? You started at FIT. You said you always knew you wanted to be in retail. So um, it'd be cool to kind of hear how that how that all came to fruition. Yeah. I um, spent my uh, holiday seasons as a kid working at my grandfather's uh, like flower nursery, where the holidays, we were selling Christmas trees and wreaths, poinsettias, decorations. So, you know, my job there was basically to stay out of the way as much as possible as a kid, um, but answer the phones, get people lunch. And I got to see how my grandfather ran a business and the admiration that a lot of customers that came in to see him, uh, they just fawned over him. And it was really amazing to see the way that he was curious and empathetic towards customers and I think that's really what sparked my interest in wanting to be a part of uh, of the retail industry. And you've had some pretty impressive uh, stops post-graduation. So you went to the Fashion Institute um, in New York and then uh, jumped in and, and was working at Bonobos, right? Yeah, I went to FIT. I always wanted to live and work in New York City. And I think that kind of probably stemmed from seeing it in TVs and the movies. Yeah, Um, sure. You know, Rachel Green and Friends, Kevin McAllister getting lost in New York. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. And growing up in Brooklyn, Manhattan's our backyard. So it was really something that I was totally dreaming about of just working and living in New York City. So that's when I was like, I'm definitely going to FIT and I want to live there and I want to work there. So while I was in FIT, I got a job at Bonobos. Uh, at the time, they were, I think it was their only New York City location, and it was in their headquarters. So I spent the weekends greeting customers coming on in. And then once we moved to Crosby Street, I then became a guide. So it was really cool and fulfilling to uh, to help guys who seemed like they were a little lost in trying to get their perfect fit for clothing. And it's it was accomplishing to see men starting to dress better in New York City, <laughs> which was great. And I really loved that whole retail experience. Yeah. And Bonobos yeah. is doing some pretty interesting things and a little bit on the forefront of basically carrying almost zero inventory. I mean, nobody was walking out with clothing. You're trying stuff on, getting styled, um, fitted, and then 
it'll be at your house in a day or two. Yeah. Which for most guys, that was okay because they didn't want to be carrying around a shopping bag. The instant gratification isn't the same for a man as it is for a woman. So that's, that was totally different once um, I moved over to air and we opened up our first showroom where we were hosting shopping parties at night. And then once we opened up the pop-up in Soho, we were like, we can't really have it be an inventory less store. We have to have the actual items for people to take away. And so, and uh, how long were you at air for? In total, I worked between air and Bonobos and then into air for uh, six years. So, and in those last four years uh, I spent in the retail world. So I went from uh, managing Mm -hmm. the pop-up in Soho to overseeing all of the stores and all of the team um, that the company had. So we had a store in Soho, Abikini Mm -hmm. in LA, a pop-up in Sag Harbor, a pop-up in uh, the Upper East Side in Denver, San Francisco. And it was wonderful. It was really cool to get the opportunity to travel and meet customers all over the country and work with a team that really cared about the brand as much as I did, which was super fulfilling. And that was one of the, the best parts of the job was, was meeting our customers in person rather than just it being so transactional online. And I get the sense um, that it was very much like a startup type of environment where you're doing a ton of different things and really kind of building this brand, building stores out and, and ensuring that you're giving customers a really great experience. Yes. I can put, if I can put it on my resume that I can use a drill and I can put fixtures up, I think that that is something that I would definitely add to it. Small and and scrappy. Fantastic. And so what are some of the lessons I think from, um, you know, Bonobos and Air and some of the things that you've kind of taken away that that have sort of stuck with you? And and maybe they're in the form of memories and some lessons that you've learned um, that you can kind of share with with the listeners. I think that having empathy and curiosity and always just being your most human self when you're in a store will definitely be more beneficial to your career and to a customer service aspect of a business. Um, There's nothing quite like being in a store in person and, and meeting those customers. Fantastic. And so we're obviously really in the midst of kind of a crazy um, world with COVID and retail has been uh, one of the one of the industries, along with hospitality, uh, mm-hmm. restaurants uh, that have been affected. What are some of the things that you've noticed? I mean, you're, you're close to New York. You've seen some of the changes and shifts. Um, can you talk through a little bit of what you're seeing as far as store openings, staffing, um, how this has sort of played out and what you've seen? Yeah, I mean, capacity is a big one. A lot of the retail stores in New York City are small. So only being able to have at max four to five people in a smaller boutique is probably challenging for anyone who works in the industry right now and maintaining that sense of welcome, welcoming, but also reminding someone, you know, please put some hand sanitizer on or, you know, fitting rooms are closed in a lot of stores. So I think that the experience has shifted a lot, but I think that being able to adapt um, in that regard is, has been huge. So still being able to show that you can smile under a mask is, is massive. So I think that, I think it's just about adapting. So I think that for one within the retail store and a lot of the stores have cut back their employees. So you might walk in and there's only going to be one person working there. 
just based off of capacity and, you know, kind of cutting cost. Mm-hmm. So for associates, you know, my heart goes out to them right now where it could be a little bit boring if it's just one person working. So I think that that's also, again, maintaining that same kind of energy and having, pre, you know, pre-COVID mentality um, of keeping customers engaged and happy is huge. So uh, I think that's a big one. And then a lot of different cities have had to adapt, you know, I think most downtown areas of cities are probably the hardest hit, you know, including Soho, places in Venice, San Francisco, a lot of those locations I do know are having a harder time than let's say places like East Hampton or Greenwich, Connecticut, or, you know, Marin Mm -hmm. County, Santa Barbara, all the places where there's more residents. And I think that, you know, bigger brands have opportunity to hit that market, which they definitely have that advantage if they have a lot of stores. I, I had actually heard, um, we were speaking with a couple different brands and their destination stores. So you mentioned like the Hamptons, mm-hmm. um, and I guess more seasonal stores that might not perform as well, were actually really thriving because they were in residential areas. People were kind of dug in and, and, quarantining and and not getting out as much. And so stores that could have been near vacation homes, think about like Nantucket or in the Hamptons, like you said, or or even up in the mountains, wherever, um, were actually performing pretty high because of exactly what you had said. People had fled out of the city and and going to kind of hunker down and and sit in more residential spots. Yeah, for sure. That's that's definitely... We saw it at air at towards the end of the summer where the Sag Harbor location was definitely the store that was thriving compared to mm-hmm. sadly the more like Soho area where there's there's restaurants, but there's it's not very residential. I think that anywhere, like you just said, anywhere there's more residents, you'll start to see more of an uptick in sales. And you you had mentioned um, that Rockefeller Plaza was undergoing some changes and kind of tailoring to the folks that are still in Manhattan that are working and you're seeing some new retail stores pop up there. They're opening up retailers or restaurants that are from the more downtown area to a place where, you know, Rockefeller Center used to host so many tourists and obviously they're not going to get that same business. So I think it's really cool that you know, the people of Rockefeller Center and Tishman Spire have adapted and they're like, all right, let's get, let's get different things up here. Let's try to make it work. So um, there's a restaurant called Frenchette that's doing a little bit of a pop-up. There's a great restaurant in Williamsburg, Lilia, their uh, restaurant team is opening up in Rockefeller Center too, which is great. And I do think that there's going to be an, it's going to be a different holiday season, but it might be a little bit more of a local holiday season more so than a, a tourist heavy season. So yeah. it was a great day so far. So it was nice to to work in Midtown, which being in the fashion industry, I've only worked downtown. So Midtown is a whole new ball game for me. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Um, and you had alluded to the differences in shopping um, this year and how much that's obviously driven a little bit, certainly by COVID, but also shift in consumer behavior, shopping habits, expectations. Um And we'd also talked about the idea of the intentional shopper, intentional shopping. Um, I'd be curious just to have you play that out for listeners and and what you sort of mean by that. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, we spend so much time at home. So I think that a lot of customers have been scoping items out online. And then once stores open, having the flexibility to be able to go and see the product in person now that stores have opened has helped conversion rate. You know, it's Mm -hmm. intentional shopping is something I think that 
has definitely helped the retail stores that are are currently open with the idea that, you know, they're going to call ahead to see if they have this product there. And if the product is there, they're most likely going to buy it. You know, we're taking risks by going out to restaurants, to grocery stores, to retail stores. So when you're going to those places, there is more of an intention to actually purchase the item that you're looking for. No one is really just, you know, shopping around just because, you know, they kind of want to be in and out, which is a new, it's a new norm for, for retailers. Um, but I think it's pretty helpful. And, you know, a lot of what we had discussed at, on the lead classroom was, you know, buy online, pick up in store to shave on, save on shipping costs. So I do think that there is an advantage of having these brick and mortars and the intentional shopping, I think will be one of those huge advantages. Do you have um, any specific memories or experiences that have stuck with you um, so far in your career uh, in the retail industry? I do. My um, my favorite weekend, I think, of working, you know, obviously in retail, we spend a lot of weekends working. So I flew to LA uh, about two and a half years ago when Air was first opening up pop-up on Abikini. And again, a small and scrappy team. So I think I had worked about four days straight and all day alone in a very small, like, you know, white box pop-up. And I don't think that I like sat down once. I don't think that I ate anything that day. And it was one of those experiences where I met so many new customers in LA for the very first time who had heard about our brand or was new to the brand. And it was so rewarding to walk away from that weekend and we made a lot of money that weekend. It was really cool. And there were so many people <laughs> in and out. And the adrenaline that you get when you have a busy weekend is unlike anything else. You know, it's it can it can sting sometimes when you have to work on the weekends in retail, but there's nothing quite like a busy Saturday. And I think that weekend specifically, I think I slept on the plane, which I usually never do <laughs> because I was so tired after the weekend. <laughs> But it was it was really, really rewarding. And up until Air had just recently closed their stores, there was one of my last uh, customers in had said to me, she's like, you know, I met you in L.A. at the first pop up. And I was like, oh, no way. And she was like, yeah. And ever since then, I've, I've been shopping with the brand. And that was kind of one of those full circle moments where it was it was all worth it. And what would you say um, is some of the most fulfilling aspects of working in retail? Is it that human connection and, and helping customers and building relationships? Oh, absolutely. Um, my sister is a nurse um, and she has the the hands and the power to, you know, impact someone's life in a really, really big way. In retail, you'll never know when someone walks through the door, what kind of day that they're having. And it's up to you to be able to turn their day around. And I think that is something where in retail, in the fashion industry, maybe you don't get those gratifying moments, but I do think that there is such a wonderful part about being in this industry that you can, you can really make someone's day just by being there to listen to them, to help them find a product that will will make them happy. You know, a thoughtful purchase mm -hmm. with a little bit of help can really go a long way. So I do, I think it is that it's that human connection that you get to make is the best part about being in retail. I like that a lot. And I hear that with the more retail people and folks that I speak with, um, especially that have worked on the store side and have been on the, on the floor and, and been in uh, very customer facing roles. That's, that's the fuel for them. Um, for sure. And then that translates to your, your store team too, you know, going from, mm -hmm working the pop-up to then managing a team of, you know, 15, being able to see the outcome that the employees that you have feel the same way. That's just as 
as rewarding as it being just you with a customer, having your your staff feel the same way is is wonderful. And have you had any mentors or leaders um, that you've worked under or with uh, that have impacted you both in your personal life or career? Yeah, my my most recent boss, Max, who is the COO of Air, has taught me so much about resilience and hard work and empathy and that no job is too small. And I think that that's really big. I think that as a boss and a leader to, to kind of share that, that same small scrappy startup mentality that, that no job is too small and you can wear many hats and you can learn so much. And all you have to do is, is just, is just go for it. Just try. And she's been absolutely wonderful, especially in this time and then my manager right before her was Jane and Jane taught me how to be a manager, which was really cool. That's something that I think is pretty hard to, to translate for someone of a direct report and being able to have been taught by her how to manage people is, is massive because that's something that you can have that human connection, but there is a line of you know professionalism and, and all that understanding that was really, really helpful. And I really do owe the two of them a lot for, for the career that I have so far. I love it. Um, (laughs) well, well, Tori, thanks. Um, you know, to wrap up, um, I ask sometimes a couple like lightning round questions, um, (laughs) about you. So, um, what's your favorite brand you're shopping at, uh, recently? Favorite. I have, I know this sounds wild. I've been a huge gap person right now. I have been finding that the gap has had really great deals. And, you know, even masks, I really like the Gap masks and PJs, you know, cozy loungewear. I've been shopping for my nephews a lot. And the Gap has really, that has hit the mark for a one-stop shop for me to be able to go and and grab all those things. So the Gap. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, sweatshirts or sweaters more recently? Sweaters. I'm a sweaters gal. Sweaters. <laughs> <Totally>. Awesome. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Cool. Um, well, Tori, thanks. This is a lot of fun. I appreciate it. And um, we'd love to have you come back on uh, maybe after the holidays and we can kind of wrap up and see how that went for you. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. And I wish you the best of luck in, in, the, in the podcast. This is great. Thanks. Uh, we'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast, which is presented by New Store. We'll catch you next time on the end of the